welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who's having a crappy day, but guess what? We're doing the podcast, so it's going to get better. Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? Um, well... I'm doing good now. Doing good now. Thank you for the thank See? you for the warm introduction. So um, I'm doing fine. How are you doing today? I'm doing better than the Texas Rangers. So aren't we? Aren't I we think, all? You know, aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to take that. You know, University of Idaho. Rob Akey, his motto wasn't it always win the day. Uh, Rob I Akey, think that sounds right. Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. So so we're winning the day. We're on the right side of the earth, so. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, God, some some tough baseball to watch recently, though. That's we're gonna go into the Red Series today, and the Red Series was uh was a tough watch, especially game two, and then uh, game one. We're, we're shooting on Thursday, and game one in the Rays series has always happened and already happened, and Mariners won, but. God, that was a quick game. It was very, very quick today. Uh, yeah, no, that was a super quick one. I looked up from my phone and it was pretty much over. But uh, yeah, I'm at a point where uh, I know we got a couple games to go, but just uh, get us out of the East Coast time zone, man. Get me, get us, get us, get us out of there. It's uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Is Cincinnati in East Coast time zone or are they in Central? Cincinnati is in the East Coast time zone. Yes, sir. Yep. Oh, for real. Yep. For real. But, you know, Atlanta, isn't it like, not Atlanta, it's Jackson. It's where Cody's at. Cody says he's in the Central time zone. So that just, I guess that doesn't line up for me. I guess I need to look at a map. Yeah, it's a little confusing. And if they get a team in Nashville, I think Nashville is in the Central time zone. So that makes it even more complicated. So, um, there you go. Was it? What is Cincinnati by Kentucky, right? Uh, Cincinnati is yeah. by Kentucky. Yes. Yep. Yeah, like, like right across the river. Correct. Yeah. See, it's a, see. it's a super it's, you, a, it's, it's a super ugly river. It's a super super like not picturesque at all. It's it's kind of gross, but um, you know what? I digress. Are 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 you telling me you wouldn't swim in it? Definitely wouldn't swim in it. Definitely, definitely not. Would not, would not recommend. Yeah. <laughs> How many bodies do you think are in there? Um, probably quite a few. I think they did a lot of shipping lanes and everything like that. And, you know, all sorts of stuff back, like that back in the day. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Unfortunate, unfortunate river to die in. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Before we get into everything, thank you. If you're a returning listener, thank you for coming back. And listening to another edition of the Forks Down podcast, um, like I said last week, uh, we're we're gaining more listeners. We're gaining more listens on each podcast episode. So if you've been with us from the start, or you've been with us the last ten episodes, last twenty, whatever, thank you for listening and and supporting us. Um, Bo and I doing our best here. We're just two uh, two guys that love the Mariners and. And uh, wanted to talk and thought maybe we'd do it, you know, record it and put it out for everyone to hear. But, uh, you know, your support means everything to us. So thank you. Um, if you're a first time listener, hey, thanks for choosing Forks Down. And hopefully we're your new home for Mariners Baseball Talk. Um, I think this is episode number 67. And you're uh, you're catching us right in the thick of the playoff race, which this episode's kind of hard because the Red Series didn't go our way. But. Um, you know, you're catching us in the middle of the playoffs um, run and, um, you know, Bo, he lives in Seattle. He's probably going to be at some of the playoff games, um, you know, time permitting and, and stuff like that. And heck, I might even travel over and catch a, a playoff game for the first time in my life. I've got to check off two, uh, two different things on my list this year, the all-star game, which we've already done, and then hopefully a playoff game this year. So. Um, if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, find us on threads. Just search Forks Down Podcast. And if you want to on your podcast listening app, just to make it a little bit easier for you, hit like and subscribe. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. I know on Spotify, I have the episodes set up so they auto download when we drop them. You know, that's something you can do. So um, 
you know, do that for us. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to talk about the Mariners, hopefully in a, a somewhat positive light. Um, I know Bo over there can be a little bit critical sometimes because, uh, you know, he doesn't want to get Otani and that doesn't jive with what a lot of people want. But, you know, just just don't worry about that. Just, just don't worry about that. I like to call it pragmatic, Richard. I think that's the best way to put it. <laughs> but why are you using all these big words for me? <laughs> I'm gonna need a definition. You make me I don't sound. Think I can even spell. You make me sound like I'm this ultimate doomer. But you know what? <laughs> I just, but don't don't go to Reddit. Don't go to Facebook <laughs> comments. You want to talk doomer? Every time this whole Red series, like I get it. It sucks that we lost two or three. Yep against the reds they're a good team but like every time the first game we lose oh my god we're not gonna make the playoffs if we keep if we keep playing like this and then the second game we was like oh my god there never should have been a comeback we're not gonna make the playoffs it's like guys settle down like <laughs> there's still a lot of baseball left that and we're still in the playoffs if the play if the the season ended today we're in the playoffs so knock it off, you know, you know, it, it's like your, your life. And maybe, maybe it's kind of ironic that I'm going to say this. It's, it's, it's funny where people's days get ruined by a loss. Like, don't get me wrong, Bo. Me and you, there are times we are texting and we're like, God, that loss sucks. But within five minutes I go, well, all right. You know, that's life. You know, it's like these people, like make it ruin their day and it almost almost takes the fun out of it just a little bit yeah i mean we'll get into the we'll get into the red series and everything that happened to it but uh you know i think at the end of the day there's a lot of people that really love the mariners they you know watch it on a nightly basis they follow the team as close you know as we do and as a lot of other people do and I don't know. I think they make it part of their, um, you know, ritual or, you know, daily life, I guess. And I think that's probably why I think a lot of people have a lot of passion for the teams that they root for. So I can see it sometimes, but sometimes I think it goes a little too far, but, um, it's just baseball at the end of the day. Right. But, uh, anyways, we'll, uh, we'll dive into what was the red series that made people feel that way. So there you go. It's, I bet if you pulled, let's just take the MLB. I bet if you pulled, Everyone in the MLB, you get at least half of them that say, well, it's a business, you know, and they're just there to make money. So maybe winning's not their thing. You pull the other half, they'd probably be like, I'm just blessed to play a children's game, <laughs> you know, like break it down into like just something like that. Like this is a children's game that these guys are getting paid to play. Like just have fun with it. Like it sucks that they lose, but like don't let it ruin your day. There's other things in life to be mad at. <laughs> like, don't make the Mariners one of them, guys. So, anyways, awkward silence. <laughs> Let's move on to Mariners notes. And, uh, you know, last episode we talked about Jared Kelnick finally coming back to Tacoma. He's going to get an extended stay there. Um, they're only going to bring him up when he's absolutely ready. But, um, man, Bo, he's, he's raking down there right now. Looking... Looking really good, and, you know, they've asked him about um, different things like, you know, how he feels after, you know, missing all this time, kicking a water cooler, and I don't know. I, I don't know if he was trained just to give us those answers, but, you know, he, he seems very, you know, we just got off, you know, talking about don't let it ruin your day, and, you know, we're going to go into Jared Kelnick kicking a water cooler and having to rehab back, but uh, I don't know. He, he sounds like he... He really wants to come back and do something and, and feels like he missed uh, a big chunk of the season, you know, coming back and being in first for a while. Yeah, I um, yeah, I think Jared probably didn't think it was the best look for what he did. So I think he's very remorseful and, um, you know, feeling like he probably let the team down. Like I think he certainly has expressed before. Right. So, um yeah, I think I think in that aspect, right? He uh, hopefully it's a learning experience, and um, it seems like um, thus far he's playing like he just wants to get back as as soon as possible, right? He had a home run last night in Tacoma. Uh, recording this on mm-hmm. um, recording this on Thursday, so that would have been on 
uh, Wednesday. Um, hit a home run. Um, you know, he went previously earlier in the week. He went, I think he went to three for four at one point that, that game that we talked about where he hit the home run, he went three for five. So he's certainly trending in the right way and looking like he's healthy and, you know, hopefully has learned something from all this and, um, yeah, going to come back with an attitude and, um, you know, a positive attitude and, uh, hopefully the team, you know, welcomes him back just like that. And yeah, hopefully I think just the good vibes can continue to roll with everything that Jared's got going and this, you know, hopefully learning experience that I think he's gone through. Yeah. Have you, do we, I mean, they said extended stay, absolutely not going to come up until he's absolutely ready. But um, have you seen, you know, a timeline like game wise when we should probably expect him back? So I was listening to, to Jerry today on his, on his, on his show that he does with seven ten. Um He said he probably, it probably doesn't make sense to have um, Jared fly to Tampa Bay um yeah during the series that we're currently in um so i think kind of thinking that um you know i got i wouldn't be surprised if there's an outside chance that he could be back um you know early next week sometime right uh maybe by the next time Mm -hmm. we're recording we get some sort of update that um he's going to be back for the maybe for the angels series on monday um so i would i wouldn't be surprised at that at all right they're at home so it's the you know um, short trip for Jared. So I would anticipate maybe some time during that angel series. I don't know if it'll be the first game, but I think that angel series would be a, would be a good one to target, right? Especially if he's, you know, feeling well. So, um, certainly I think during the angel series, then if not, then, then we'll get him, I think certainly back for the, for the Dodgers series to, uh, to in the homestand there. <clears throat> yeah. I, I can't wait for him to get back. Um, again, I, I've said this, for a while now, I think we only get better when he comes back. Um, you know, he played the start of the year with a chip on his shoulder. It'd be awesome for him to come back, play with a chip on his shoulder, and you know, help uh, the Mariners potentially take the the AL West. You know, um, we're only a half game back now after the first game of the Rays series. But let's dive into the Red series here, Bo. Um, very, like I said, very. Rough series in a sense of, you know, you wanted to go in, you wanted to win two or three. I think, you know, that's kind of been our mantra since the all-star break. You know, if we want to get back into it, you need to win, you know, a majority of the series and, and didn't happen. Reds ended up taking two or three from us. And uh, it, it should have, honestly, Bo, it should have been the other way. We should have took two or three. Game two, and we're going to talk about game two. Game two, that game was won for the first eight innings. Um, yeah, sorry. Having issues with my mute button tonight. Apologies. But, um, yeah, no, should have, uh, should have certainly won the second game. Um, had a lot of chances in that one. Um, you know, I think one game we can probably forgive, right. And, you know, we can certainly forgive the rest of the series, but like there are certainly chances to win. I think all these games at a certain point, the ones that we lost, um, the second one was frustrating just because, uh, you know, I feel like the bullpen has been on a pretty good stretch lately. Um, yeah, they've been on a, a pretty good tear, and I think our bullpen's become something that we can kind of continuously rely on. Um, and, you know, that certainly wasn't the case, especially in the in the second game that we had. Um, and, uh, you know, it just I think it kind of goes like we talked about it before in the in the previous series, right? Um, the pitching might just be going through something right now, right? Um, our mm. pitching has continuously been like our, our cornerstone, right? But then you go back to, um, you know, the last time um, we had struggles on the road, right? It was against two pretty good teams, I guess, at the time, two pretty good teams in the Yankees and the Rangers um, when uh, both those teams were coming out and hitting our pitching pretty hard. Um, and both of those were away as well. And our pitching had a rough time against all of them. And that was kind of reminiscent, I thought, of, um, the previous series in this one as well. So, um, yeah, I just feel like we're going through something and you just hope that they're kind of getting out of their system now. And I think there were some encouraging signs at the end of this series, but, um, and yeah, especially I think with the game that went on tonight as well. So hopefully this is kind of just the bullpen getting a couple bad outings out of the way and not the start of, you know, something worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the pitching, I, I don't have the stat for this, and I know I was listening to the game today on the radio, 
And, uh, you know, Luis ended up going six innings. I don't think it was quite a quality start. And I know they were mentioning that it's been a, it's been a while since the Mariners have had a quality start out of a pitcher. So again, it's probably just the pitching going through something. Um, I know the bullpen has been tired and you know, some stretches here, um, in the last few days. Um, I, you know, the, uh, Scott wanted Luis in the first game of the race series to go seven, you know, just because the, he, the bullpen's tired and, uh, we didn't quite get that. So, you know, it's, it's kind of forgivable and I'm hoping, you know, they've got a couple more off days before the end of the season. I'm hoping they can kind of re retool, you know, maybe, maybe you, uh, you know, you, you brought up, you know, Haggerty or whatever, maybe you send him back down and get an extra arm, you know, even if it's a, um, uh, Darren McCacken. I said it right tonight. Darren McCacken. Even if it's a Darren McCacken or, uh, you know, something, even if it's a starting pitcher, you know, just come up and, you know, eat some innings if we need it, you know, some garbage time innings. Yeah, I think we're, well, I, you know, I was, I was going to ask you, you know, what do you think the move is once Kelnick comes up, right? Is that, uh, is that Haggerty? Um, but yeah, there could be also some sort of move um, of some sort to bring up a uh, another pitcher. But I, we also, I think we have, you know, we still have the Weaver on the team. Um, you know, still got, and I guess there is an open question, I think, about what Dominic Leone's role and if Dominic Leone should be still be on the team. Um, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, I don't quite know what the move is going to be. I think Jared coming up as well kind of muddies it with a little bit of you know i think that Haggerty probably makes the most sense there but um could be surprised but uh yeah i don't i don't quite know and mike ford has continued to play well so um i think you know we were talking about him as a potential even a cut at some point but he continues to rake the ball as well so what's up in the game one here bill uh you know mariner's first game in cincinnati wasn't a great one um Three to six uh, loss. Lucas Sims took the uh, took the win for the Reds, um, and Brian Wu took the loss for the Mariners. Uh, Brian Wu's fourth loss of the season. And is it safe to say, Bo, that this potentially was probably um, Wu's worst start of the season? I mean, he he hit three batters, he walked three, gave up five earned runs, didn't have any case, you know, and gave up a home run. It just has to be the worst outing he's had this season. Yeah, pretty close to, I mean, his first start against the Rangers was pretty bad. I think he had another one um, against the twins. That was also pretty bad back in July, but I think the optics of this one, just, uh, you know, hitting two guys in the first inning and then hitting another guy. Um, uh, just uh, then coupled with a home run in this one um, just looked super rough. Did not look like uh, kind of the Brian Wheeler. I think we kind of, came accustomed to um and um yeah i don't quite know any other way to put it right he uh his pitch mix for the most fun he didn't even get a whole lot of whiffs or swings and misses in this game he was able to get seven off of um you know the pitches that he was throwing there kind of through that kind of through the two seamer a lot of fastballs in this one but um yeah wasn't generating a whole lot of whiffs um got a couple called strikes here with his fastball but yeah, just wasn't what we kind of came accustomed to Brian Wu. Um, I think the the positive sign is it doesn't look like he's losing like a lot of his spin on his pitches, but his velocity was down in this game. So that does make me a little concerned and makes me wonder if you know he does need a little bit more time or he needs another kind of rest start here and there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. if that's on the horizon, but I know that we're also kind of barreling toward the end of the season, so he's not going to have a whole lot of starts left. But um, <clears throat> yeah. I think that might be just be grin and bear it at this point, but the velocity you kind of dip does make me a little worried about, you know, him going forward. His final line on the night was five innings pitch, four hits, five runs, all of them earned, three walks, three hit batters, no case. And um, yeah, you know, he got, he got pulled in the fifth and, and Saucedo came in um, in the sixth for two thirds of an inning, only gave up one hit. And then Weaver, Ended up pitching the rest of the game, went two and a third inning, um, gave up three hits, one run. It was earned. One base on balls, one K. His ERA is sitting 671. Um, you know, you talk about Dominic Leone being on the team and if he should be on the team. 
Um, you know, outside of Weaver's first uh, first appearance as a Mariner, I I don't know. It's been kind of tough watching him uh, pitch go. You know, going out. Um, seems like he's given up uh, a run a game. You know, every time we see him, he's given up a run. Yeah, um, been just tough, tough to tough to see that. I think, um, like I said, we've become a little. Uh, I think we have some higher expectations when it comes to some of our bullpen arms, right? We've, uh, I want to say, gotten pretty lucky with a couple guys like uh, Gabe Spire and Taylor Sacedo, and you know, you can go on with a list of like Paul Seawald, even even Andres Menunos from a certain point, and. Yeah, it's not what we've kind of grown to expect out of some of our bullpen arms. Um, and, you know, it was only, I think, the the single run in this game from Dominic Leone, if I remember correctly. In the first game? In the first game. Dominic Leone, Dominic Leone didn't pitch. It was Luke Weaver that gave up the run. Oh, that's right. Apologies, apologies, apologies. That's right. But, uh, yep. yeah, so. easy, Easy to get them mixed up. Easy to get them. Easy to get them mixed up a little bit, yeah. So, um, well, my thoughts were kind of on Dominic Leon, but um, yeah, didn't have too much else to say about Luke Weaver, but just kind of continued. Uh, yeah, a rough stretch for the bullpen and a rough stretch for some of the guys that we, you know, recently got. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> moving on to the offense here, um, you know the, I I, I want to say that the bright spot would have been you know kind of Julio hitting his twenty fifth home run. Um, you know, goes 25 home runs, 25 stolen bases in his first two seasons. I'm, I'm kind of bitter at the end of the game for Julio. You know, another game, he comes up, bases loaded in the ninth, um, doesn't swing the bat, strikes out looking, and then proceeds to argue on a pitch that was in the zone. Like, like, dude, you got to swing the bat if you want to do something. And, um, you know, maybe... Maybe it's, I don't know. It's just hard to say with Julio because he's been having a very wonderful stretch since the AL, um, all or since the all-star break. Um, you know, if you look at second half home runs for the AL, um, I think him and Cal Raleigh are tied in first or something. They've got like 14 home runs a piece, which is top in the AL. So like, you know, he's doing nothing short of amazing. I'm seeing him go up MVP list. I mean, obviously Otani's going to win it, but you see him continue flying up those. Um, they have him second on some list. I think it was the athletic had him rated second. So it's just hard to watch him at the end of this game, you know, have the bases loaded. You got a chance to be the hero and he's been doing well, just slapping base hits. And he just, he doesn't swing the bat and he strikes out looking. I just, it's rough, rough for me to watch. Yeah, I mean, you wonder just with the way that Julio's playing, um, you know, if that's given him a, I don't know, a thought of, uh, I don't know, I don't know how you want to describe it, but um, <clears throat> just expectation that he's going to get good pitches and umpires should call good, you know, good strikes and bad balls against him, right? Um, so it's a little rough. It kind of reminded us, you know, we kind of reminded me of the, you know, the, the ninth, the times in the ninth inning that we've seen Julio earlier in the season, right. Kind of struggle in the ninth Mm -hmm. inning. And maybe he just had a different reaction to it this time. Like he was just kind of, uh, I don't know. thought he was at a big moment and thought he was going to be able to do a lot with it. And, um, yeah, thought he was cheated out of that, you know, despite that being not the case, but, um, yeah, it wasn't even that bad of a pitch. It really wasn't. I mean, it was, it wasn't even borderline. It was pretty well in the strike zone. It was at the top of the strike zone, but it was pretty well in, you know, if you're using the box on the TV, which are fairly accurate, I wouldn't say they're um, yeah exactly accurate, but well, I guess I'll say, you know, um, it's important to, um, remind ourselves that, um, Julio is, uh, Julio is still, uh, incredibly young, right? Julio is still like a young, young baseball player, still kind of making his way through all this. So, um, you know, I'm not super surprised Julio's reaction to it all. Right. Um, I feel like that's just gonna, mm-hmm. I feel like that's just gonna happen probably for a player's age and the spot that he's in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I went back and read the, uh, the sports illustrated article article on Julio and they were talking, it was during their baseball preview and they were talking to, uh, Julio's agent. And, uh, I can't remember 
how old he was when the he met him in the Dominican Republic and um you know he's he like 14 15 years old and he's telling him like you know you're with how good he is like you're going to get a lot of attention but uh it was around that time when they first met that Julio handed him the book Atomic Habits and he goes you're like in the US you'd still be in high school and you're giving me something to read you know like mm-hmm. it's kind of wild you know he's he's young but i don't know he just he seems very good natured well well centered i i don't know how to put it he just seems like a good guy <laughs> So. Yeah, there was a photo circulating of uh, Noelva Marte and Julio Rodriguez when they were, I mean, they had been like 15 years old mm-hmm. with Mariner stuff on and just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of odd, but um, yeah, little, little kids, yeah. They definitely look small, and mm-hmm. then they jersey, a lot of that came out because they jersey swapped in, in uh, what was it, Wednesday night's game, so, right. yep. or after Wednesday night's game, but uh, moving on here, other other offensive notes here. JP went one for four. Tail went one for four. Canzone went one for four, had a double, his 10th double this season. Uh, Ty France went one for four. Mike Ford, two for four. Multi-hit game from him. And Cal Raleigh. Cal Raleigh did not start, but came in. Got a couple hits uh, in relief of Brian O'Keefe. Um, yeah, that's, that's really the offense. Um, Julio hit a home run, and Mike Ford both hit a home run. Um, Julio his in the fourth, Mike Ford in the fifth, uh, JP, Mike Ford and Julio all had RBIs, uh, team runners in scoring position, one for four left on base eights. Um, yeah, that's, that's the ball game. That's the, that's the Monday ball game. Um, any, anything else you want to add before we move on to Tuesday? Um, no, I would just say this wasn't a, a, a super, rough loss i would say from i guess my perspective of things right it just kind of felt like a rougher run from the pitching side and um yeah those games are going to happen occasionally you just kind of hope that it didn't really happen again but it kind of felt like some of that happened again on the tuesday game so there you go and it's this whole series i don't know it didn't ever look like even in their losses they didn't ever look like they were overmatched or, or lost out there they're hitting the ball hard you know, they're just hitting it at people, you know. Um, you know, they took advantage, especially in Tuesdays and Wednesdays game. Um, you know, it's a small ballpark. You're kind of taking advantage of, you know, you saw Julio, I think he went oppo twice, you know. So, um, you know, it, it. you can take away that they lost, but you can also kind of look at it as they still, they still battled in all three games. Maybe not looking at the score in one, but. Um, you know, they still hit the ball hard. Um, they looked like they could keep up with the Reds. You know, the Reds, I don't, I would not say the Reds are the better team. You know, the rest, Reds just had a good series. You know, that happens. So. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. 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 Um. All right, moving on to Tuesday's game. Again, this is, this one's a little bit more tough for me than the Monday game. Um, Bryce Miller versus, uh, Connor Phillips and the Mariners hopped on Connor Phillips, um, you know, and, and scored five runs before he got pulled in the uh, fourth inning with two outs. Um, and, and the Mariners, honestly, like I said, till the eighth inning had this game won. Um, pitching was doing pretty well. Uh, Bryce Miller, five innings, seven hits, only gave up one run, walked one, struck out two. Um, Dominic DeLeon, again, you know, you, you mentioned he hasn't looked great. He gave up two home runs in the fifth. Um, you know, both hits he gave up were home runs, two earned runs. Didn't strike anyone out. But then we get to to Spire and Brash. They pitch a pretty good inning in a third. You know, didn't give up any hits. Uh, each of them had a walk, but each of them picked up a hold. And then the, the end of the game kind of is where the wheels fell off. Justin Topa... Uh, pitched a really good eighth, came in, and uh, they thought they could get two innings out of him. He ends up putting some people on, and um, in the ninth, I guess. Was it the ninth? Hold on. Five, six, seven, eight. Topa pitched the eighth, and then Munoz pitched the ninth. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, yep. So, but he his runs were scored in the eighth, or in the ninth. He tried to come back out in the ninth. Topa did. 
and blew the save. And then Andres Munoz came in and gave up the game-winning hit. Am I correct on that? I can't remember. Because I thought I thought Topa went was trying to go two. Am I wrong on that? Um, or was it the next game? I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, Topa came. Well, Topa came out in the eighth. Correct. Topa came yeah. out in the eighth in the next game, right? Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm getting it backwards. I think I'm mixing my games up, but still, Topa didn't have a great inning. You know, gave up uh, three runs on two hits. Didn't have any Ks, and then. Munoz came in in the ninth, and uh, Ellie De Cruz got on. I think he he got a hit. No, he didn't get a hit. He hit him. What happened there? Anyways, Ellie De Cruz got on. He's still second, and then Strand hit him home. Game over. Reds win seven to six. And I don't know, just Munoz doesn't look like the AL reliever of the month <laughs> from last month. Really doesn't. Yeah, it's um, it's a little tough with Munoz right now. Um, yeah, I I think in this game, um, the Topa stuff that happened, like I'm I'm actually not super upset about the Topa side of things. Right, he did walk somebody, but like you know, after that, it was just some pretty good contact that got to him. Um, you know, a single and a home run. So like, I wasn't super upset about the Justin Topa side of things because we haven't really seen a blow up like this from Topa in a little, um, I want to say a long while. Right. Um, like the last time I think he gave up three earned runs in an outing was like back in May. I'm pretty sure. Right. So like he's, uh, he's looked pretty well and like these outings are going to happen from bullpen guys every once in a while. Um, just cause happened to be the night that it was going to happen for him. Um, but yeah, the the Munoz stuff at the end of the game, um, uh, you know, giving up the single to LA De La Cruz, and then you know De La Cruz stealing second, then it's just uh, you know a simple run away, right? Um, is yeah. uh, I think it's yeah. How do you? I guess we've said this before, right? But I think the end of the game feels not as certain anymore, right? And mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, how do you feel about Munoz and? Yeah, I guess th- what's your comfort level with Munoz in the ninth right now? Because it's um, it's feeling a little shaky. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it, it's shaky every time he comes on. Yep. Like I'm I'm thoroughly surprised every time he goes out and strikes it out the side or goes one two three. I'm like, that's not a Mun- Munoz uh, uh, outing. That's weird. You know, um, he he did it tonight in Thursday's game against the Rays. You know, like yep. like he got a pretty pretty good uh throw by cal to throw out luke rayleigh in the ninth and then uh you know proceeds to walk the next batter (laughs) it's just like man i don't i don't know and i don't know i don't know what the mariners should do because you know like you could argue maybe topa should should take some of that and see if he can close a game or two um i think other another player worth mentioning just because you know he i I see him pitching pretty well right now as Isaiah Campbell, you know, as the ERA is sitting about two eleven. Um, he struck out the side in Thursday's game in the inning he played. So like, you know, maybe, you know, you want Munoz to get comfortable. He is our closer, you know, going forward. He's going to be that guy that we need to rely on. He needs to come out, pump a hundred and, and get some outs, you know, but at the same time in the thick of this playoff race, you know, maybe, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea to see, if Topa can go out and catch a save or two or, um, you know, give Isaiah Campbell a shot. Maybe we see him close in the ninth a little bit. I don't know. It, it's just tough. I want him. I want Munoz to be less of a, less of a, you know, uncomfortable situation in the ninth. But I don't know. Maybe he's going through it a little bit. Maybe, maybe Paul getting traded had a little bit of effect on him. You know, I know Paul was tight with, uh, a lot of his bullpen members and and was tight with Seattle. I mean, Paul since he's been in Arizona tweeted at one point like, "We got you Pacific Northwest." So like, I know he still cares about Seattle and what they do. Mm-hmm. Maybe Munoz got affected a little bit by by Polly getting traded. Yeah, potentially. I uh potentially there. I think it's uh 
I think it's going to be difficult to try to change course like now, right? To kind of say, oh, we're going to throw Matt Brash out there. We're going to throw Justin Topa. Like, I think it it might be worthwhile, right? If Menounos goes a couple of back-to-back games and give the, one of those guys a chance. But kind of feel like Menounos is the closer right now. And it's, it's, you know, we're in September baseball now. It's really hard to kind of reverse course and give a bunch of other guys a bunch of chances already. So it's going to be tough to do. But I think he's the guy. Like, rain or shine. Yep. We're going to see it in Friday's game, Bo. This is the first time they, they mentioned in Thursday's game against the Rays. This is the first time in Munoz's career that he went three straight days to pitch. He's had three straight appearances, but there's always been like a, like a day in there, but he went three straight days and pitch. So you would assume that he is not available in Friday's game uh, yeah. against the Rays. So well, I would note that uh, Matt Brash is on a hold streak, a pretty good hold streak of four games right now. So there's, there's something there. Maybe we'll see who knows. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to the offense, because the offense was uh, was pretty good throughout the game uh, in Tuesday's game. They did only have nine hits, but uh, JP at the top of the lineup went two for four. Uh, you know, looked pretty good at the top of the lineup. Julio went two for five. His two hits were both home runs. Um, so he's got 27 on the season coming out of this game. Uh, he home, uh, I think it was a three-round home run in the fifth inning off Phillips, and then hit one off of, I think his name's Derek Waugh in the seventh. Both of them were oppo shots. So um, good to see Julio kind of, I would, I would call it almost a revenge game. You know, he didn't get the call he wanted in Monday's game, came back out, you know, took a couple good pitches over that right field wall, had four RBIs. Um, so, you know, good on Julio to kind of center himself a little bit there. Um, elsewhere in the lineup, two for four for Teo. Uh, had a run, a couple RBIs. Canzone uh, went one for five. And Josh Rojas at the bottom in the lineup out of the nine hole went two for three. Um, this game was pretty significant in a sense that um, this is the first game that Gino didn't start this year. Gino got a day off, and he did He did end up playing, getting it at bat, I think, in the eighth. So he played in the field in the ninth. But, um, you know, Gino had set out – you know, talked at the start of the season he wanted to play all 162, but um, technically he's going to play all 162. Got some action in this game, but just didn't start. So um, offensively, pretty balanced. You know, Teo, Julio, both hit home runs. You know, a lot of, a lot of action at the top of the lineup in this game. Yep, doing the doing the work, and I think with the way that Tay Oscar's been swinging the bat, I think you're makes you a little more comfortable that um, you know give you Hanio a little time off there. Um, I think I think it's really important to call out just what how good Teo has really been in the second half of the year, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as I see it right now, right, five thirteen slugging percentage in the second half, good enough for a one twenty nine WRC plus, like. Um, <clears throat> You know, he has really kind of turned it on, I think, from from where he was and from the real, real struggles that we saw early on in the year with him and making us very doubtful of, you know, how, how good his career was going to be as a Seattle Mariner. But um, he's really turned it on, really turned it on the last couple of games, especially. And um, yeah, I, I think we can put maybe put to bed that it wasn't as good of a trade for the Mariners. I think it was certainly has been a good trade, and I think coupled that with the good defense that he has, Teo Oscar Hernandez has had a has had a really good season. I think for the Mariners thus far, and um, yeah, I think it's just it's just good to see. I think guys that um, we thought I think a lot of people kind of gave up on in a certain way, right? Kind of come out of it, and um, you know we wish we could have gotten that out of guys like AJ Pollock and Colton Wong, but. I think Tay Oscar's this has turned it around and it's been really encouraging, I think, to see. And hopefully it hopefully it continues through the month of September and then we get a little bit in the playoffs as well. But uh, really, really happy with what Tayo's been bringing to the table and, you know, and this game being the, the home run early in the start. So, yep. Tayo's season stats, he's batting 271 now, which is far cry from what we want. We saw earlier in the season. He was hitting 240, 250, kind of bouncing between those two numbers. 25 home runs, 86 RBIs, six stolen bases, 781 uh, OPS. You know, he he's playing above his average. His career average is only 263, so 271 is pretty good. A little down in the OPS per- department, but, um, you know, not bad. Uh, uh, certainly certainly someone that we need to probably look to resign in the offseason. Um, 
Colts. <laughs> you brought up Colton Wong. You, you saw he got called up by the Dodgers, right? Uh, yes, I did. I did see that. Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> did, did, did you see what he did in his first at bat? I did not. <laughs> he home run. You know, an homer. So. Fitting, fitting, very fitting. There you go. <laughs> The, it, the irony, but AJ Pollock just got released by the Giants. So saw that one. Yeah, one for two on those deals. <laughs> <laughs> one for two on those deals. So, um, yeah, not much else to talk about in this game. One for six with runners in scoring position. Eleven left on base, so we were getting people on, just not getting people across. Dylan Moore had a stolen base, and this two games in a row, no one grounded into double play. Kind of weird to see. Kind of weird to see because I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Wednesday's game, they called Ty France. <laughs> I think I see seen people commenting. Let me let me check right here. Wednesday, oh, it was Canzone in Wednesday's game. Someone was commenting. Maybe it was the last series. Not <laughs> Ty France, who he's surely going to be the leader in in grounding the double plays. I wanted to be like, well, me and my friends made up stat. He leads the league in combined grounding the double plays and hit by pitches. So. Your your wonderful cherry pick stat from last episode. So. Some great forks down analysis. No, I believe the double play. Uh, I think the double play leader in baseball is. Uh, I believe it is Carlos Correa. Is it not? Yeah, your favorite player. Oh yeah, you know that guy. Yeah, 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 that guy. Favorite player. Guy that's going to be paying get paid a lot of money for the rest of his career. Um, but uh, we digress. We digress. There you go. <laughs> We'll we'll back off that subject. Maybe we'll just have a rants episode, and we can we can talk about your favorite players, Carlos Correa and uh, Jose Altuve, um, and Alex Bregman. All three of them. Hmm. That's like the murderous row of you know Bo's favorite players. So I don't think I'm alone in that. Don't think I'm alone in that at all. <laughs> Moving on to Wednesday's game, must win. Couldn't leave Cincinnati getting swept, and. Uh, you know, a big fourth inning led to an eight to four victory, um, and and Logan Gilbert came out and you know he only pitched five and a third, um, gave up seven hits, three runs, all of them earned. Did strike out nine, walked two, but he picks up the win and Logan's now got thirteen wins on the season. You know, he's thirteen and five, pretty good win percentage from him. Um, uh, you know, just just I I wouldn't say it was the best outing by Gilbert, but it certainly was far from the worst and, you know, kept the Mariners in the ballgame. Yeah, I think he, uh, I think he did kind of what the, the Mariners needed of him, right? He's kind of our, our road warrior, right? The guy that pitches, I think the best on the road for the Mariners. Um, uh, you know, I think through all four of his pitches in this one, the fastball, the slider, the splitter and the knuckle curve pretty well in this one. Um, I think we generated whiffs off them, got 17 whiffs overall. Um, you know, I think extended the game just enough to get it to the bullpen and, um, you know, coupled that with, I think the good offense that we were going to get from the Mariners and should be a win every time. So, um, <clears throat> I think, uh, a, a decent game from Gilbert in this one, just good enough to kind of help us, I think, get the win. Um, and you know, sometimes that's all you kind of need. Right. Um, but, uh, very positive, I think, overall to have a, a good outing from the pitching staff and this one from the low inside of things, um, despite a couple I think, hiccups here and there with a couple of runs. Um, so overall, I think a good game from Logan um, and a good game from the pitching staff in general. Um, Brash got another hold in this game, pitched the uh, rest of the six, went two thirds of an inning, gave up a hit, um, but had a K. Gabe Spire came in. Um, pitched a pretty good game. Um, you know, only gave up a hit in an inning pitched and a, had a K and then Topa came in, didn't have anything come across in the eighth. And then the, and Munoz in the ninth, again, a little shaky, gave up a run, um, gave up a walk, gave up a home run. I think the home run was to Will Benson, but had two Ks, got him, got the Mariners out of it and, and sealed the deal. So all around a pretty good pitching performance for the Mariners. Uh, <clears throat> offensively, um, you know, kind of a mixed bag here. They had 11 hits. JP went one for five, had three RBIs. Um, I think he had, was it a three inning, three, uh, three run home run. I can't remember off the top of my head here. Um, but he had three RBIs on the season. Cal Raleigh went three for four. Mateo went two for four. 
Um, Gino went two for five. Cal or uh, Ty France went two for three, and Mike Ford went one for four. Julio did go zero for five. Um, only struck out once. Was hitting the ball, f- you know, around, but um, just couldn't get on base. Um, but yeah, just very balanced in the lineup, and. The stats we care about here, two for nine with runners in scoring position, eight left on base. And like I said earlier, Dominic Canzone grounded into a double play. But, you know, when you're getting multi-hit games from basically your four, five, seven, eight hitters. No, three, four, five, six hitters. Three, four, six, seven hitters. There we go. Three, four, six, seven hitters. It's pretty good. Pretty good balance in the lineup there. Getting from the bottom, getting them from the middle. Yeah, and I thought this game was super encouraging to like to kind of stop a little bit of the I don't know the I don't want to say the the leaking that we saw in the previous two games, right? I thought this game was super encouraging because we, yeah, we didn't really bend over, right? We kind of kept uh, I think our offense going in this one, and I, I thought it was just, and I guess I kind of thought entirely right. There was nothing, um, there was nothing in this game or even I think in the two previous games where I kind of looked at and said, uh, man, this is like, um, super concerning, right? There was nothing that I really thought that like, we didn't have a, an egregious like swing and miss numbers. We didn't have, um, you know, we weren't striking out a ton, right? Like I think the offense still looked pretty competent and it kind of came through in this I think, final game of the series. And I think that that kind of gives me encouragement going forward that, you know, this isn't going to turn into like a, into a relapse, right, of what we saw previously early in the season. And the pitching staff was able to kind of hold it together in this one. So I think the Mariners are still, I think, on the right path, you know, toward the playoff spot. Um, and, you know, there was nothing in this series that made me super concerned. And I think it was capped off by, you know, this good Wednesday game that they had. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the Mariners, uh, Mariners need to probably come out of this road trip at least playing some 500 baseball throughout the road trip and they got a tough test coming up the race um rays are in the first wild card position sitting behind baltimore in that al east and we already know already the, the thursday matchup was zach latrell versus luis castillo we're going to touch more on that in our next episode next week you know to kind of do a whole overview of the Rays. so i will tell you that the mariners did win one to nothing um uh, if you're into pitching matchups, very, very, uh, very quick pitching matchup. <laughs> Not a lot of offense going on. I think the Mariners got five hits. Rays had four hits. Um, but, uh, you know, Luis Castillo was able to outduel Zach Latrell. And uh, although he walked a little bit, um, struck out eight players and eight batters and, um, you know, picked up a win. So good on Lapidra. Um, you know, again, we're, we're going to touch on that next week when we, uh, when we, uh, do our series review. Um, but looking at the other matchups, you know, Friday night, we got Tosh Bradley versus George Kirby Saturday, Aaron Savale versus Brian Wu and Sunday, Zach Eflin versus Bryce Miller. Um, it's, it's weird not seeing an opener situation anywhere here for the race. I think I've grown accustomed to Every time we've played them, at least one of the games being a closer or an opener situation, but uh, they've got four starters this uh, this go around, and uh, it's going to lead to some pretty interesting matchups. You know, Aaron's have always been doing fairly well since he went to the Rays. Zach Elflin's been having a pretty good season, and so uh, I don't know which which matchup are you interested in. Um, you know, I I really want to see just George Kirby get back kind of into the swing of things, right? I feel like we've, you know, he didn't really have a super good game the last time out. Um, and his you know, previous start before that was skipped. Um, I just, um, I'm really looking forward to George Kirby um, coming back out there and you know, putting together a good performance. Um, I think it's Tampa Bay where the, the mound gets rated as like the best mound in baseball by pitchers. I think from the, I think I read that in an athletic article. So, um, to really? take that for whatever it's worth. So 
hopefully George Kirby can tap into that good uh, Tampa Bay mound and, and do something with it. So who knows? We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, I just want George Kirby to kind of get back to look at kind of what we saw and what we come accustomed to. So um, I'll go with that. Yeah. yeah I just, I want to see Brian Wood bounce back. I, my typical answer almost always is George Kirby. You know, I love George Kirby starts. Um, he's just visually appealing to watch. But uh, I want to see Brian Wood come back and bounce back, and he's going to have a tough test. Aaron Savale, you know, if if the Rays are going to make the playoffs, Aaron Savale is probably going to have to play a pretty big part with uh, Shane McClanahan um, going down for the rest of the season. So I want to see Brian Wood bounce back and, and at least have a, a, a pretty good uh, pitching matchup against him. So I expect – no, I shouldn't expect this. I I think the Mariners need to take three or four here. I think three, three or four would – put them at five and five on the road trip, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, hopefully the Mariners can uh, win a few games down there in Tampa Bay and get out of the East coast time zone where it seems like all Seattle teams play very bad. You know how many times that I've watched a Mariner or a Seattle Seahawks game and gone, well, we're in the East coast. That's not good. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. It's just a, a, a West coast thing, I guess. I don't know. I, I would love, I'd love to see the statistics on, West Coast teams traveling to the East Coast to play and, and their records when they do that. Yeah, we can we can we can try to pull that together. I think I think the next time because it seems like we've yeah, it seems like we've had some struggles, I think, as Mariner fans. But maybe that's just to feel more of a feeling than an actual fact. So but who knows? We'll uh, we'll pull it together and we'll we'll come back to it. So there you go. Will you do that for the Seahawks too for me? No, absolutely not. See, hey, football season's back, Bill. The Lions just beat the Chiefs. Um, um, your your Bears are starting Justin Fields, and he's a he's a MVP hopeful. So maybe it's time to come back and and jump on the football train. Well, I I find it funny you say my Bears. I don't know when that has been true, but in a long time. But. Uh... It, it's been a long time it's been a long long time yeah but uh you know i don't i think i have baseball right now and I, there's still a lot of baseball and playoff baseball going on and it's i'm, I'm really short-sighted in a lot of things right now so i just don't know if i have the time i don't know what to tell you I, are you telling me that once baseball season ends you're gonna flow naturally into hockey um well i kind of have some other personal life things going on at the end of baseball season that i'm gonna be uh losing lack of sleepover. So I don't know if I'm gonna have time for it, but you know what? We'll see. Well, I'll, I won't make any promises, but yeah, we'll see. You know what? I'll, I'll get you my ESPN. You can, you can even just, you do it with the Mariners. You can just go back and watch cracking games when you need to. I like it on those sleepless nights. I like it. Know? I like it. There we go. You know, we need to, we need to watch the Maddie Beaners. So <laughs> <laughs> Maddie Beaners. I, I love when announcers say the other way. I'm like, it's not pronounced like that, but good job. Good effort. <laughs> so, um, This is the part of the show where we normally do prospect corner, but I feel, you know, both felt like we were just talking a lot about the same players, checking in with a lot of players. So we're going to table that for a little bit. We're going to go ALS check-in. You know, I'm sure you Mariners fans get, you know, if, especially if you're watching the broadcast, or listening to the radio, the, the announcers are really good at telling you what's going on around the rest of the league. You know, you you there's certain teams every night you want to lose, and certain teams you want to win. And so we're just going to do a quick AL check-in, AL West check-in, not a whole American League check-in. But um, within the division, let's. I'm just going to quickly go over the first two. Oakland, they've been eliminated since April, so, uh, but they're they're not the worst team in baseball or they keep kind of bouncing back and forth with the Royals. So, um, you know, Oakland, I feel for you, dude. And, uh, you know, if you would kindly trade us Estri Ruiz, I would be happy with that. Um, I, I do like Estri Ruiz. So Oakland, not going to get a lot of talk here. Um, Bo and I made the decision just to put in our notes, angels, they're just going to angel. So, there's not much to talk there. Their best player right now is Luis Ringifo, um, which if you're a team in this AL West, 
your best player certainly should not be Luis Rengifo. So, um, you know, we're just going to leave the Angels off that list. Trout's hurt. Otani's hurt. They're done. Two we're talking about here, though. Rangers and Astros. Um, we're, we're seeing two different teams right now, Bo, out of these two. Uh, yeah, two entirely different teams. And, um, yeah, one team especially is kind of reverting back to what we kind of thought they were going to be before the start of the season. Um, and the Texas Rangers, right? They are, they've played 500 baseball when it comes to the second half of the season. And that's kind of what we, I don't know, kind of thought that they were going to be entirely, right? It was just like more of a 500, maybe a slightly above 500 team. And that's kind of what they've, what they've gone back to, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not good in one run games. They're not good in extra inning games. And, um, you know, their, their playoff odds have kind of sunk, um, pretty low over the last couple of weeks. And it's, um, it's kind of been surprising, I think, to watch, right? I think their playoff odds sit right around 50% right now. Um, they do still have a little bit of a difficult schedule ahead of them. Um, they do play the Mariners quite a bit. So, um, very critical series upcoming up with the, with the Mariners eventually there, but, um, yeah, the pitching kind of just seems to to be a to be a struggle point for the for the Rangers and the Rangers bullpen has always been kind of a vulnerability point and um, yeah, just kind of come kind of come back to them and just not been in a good way. Um, I think most recently, like the the Astros series that they just played, uh, was punctuated by that where it just looked like they got beat out of the ballpark by the Astros. So um, even with Nathan, even even with Nathan Ovaldi returning, it looks like Max Scherzer's not himself or is aging and. Um, yeah, I just don't think there's a lot of upside right now when it comes to the Rangers. No, certainly. And then and it it's rough for them right now. Like like you said, Evaldi just came back from injury. He couldn't even make it out of the second inning in his first start. Max Scherzer, you know, looking looking like he's showing his age a little bit. But they've got issues in the uh in the field too. Adolis Garcia, um, you know, big a big part of the Rangers offense. He's down with a patellar tendon strain um and they're they keep saying they're optimistic he's going to return at the end of the season but the way he came down didn't look great you know um he could be back by the end of the season he could be done unless the rangers make the playoffs you never you never know you know you're gonna have to test that out you know and and so it just, uh, yeah, the Rangers, they keep sliding. And, and this is the first time all season they've been out of playoff contention. It was Monday or Tuesday's loss. They were completely out of playoff contention and the Blue Jays had taken their spot. So my my prediction of only two teams, you know, not three teams are not going to come out of the AL West. It's sitting true right now. Just surprising that the Rangers are the ones that dropped. Yeah, I think it surprised a lot of people, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I think if we go back to you know what we thought the Rangers are going to be, right? They're kind of reverting back to that view. So maybe we should have trusted our guts in the first place. So there you go. You go back to our rankings. You know we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do that episode where we kind of go back to the rankings that we had in the start of the season. Because I know I I think both of us I. I remember us having like our, like the teams like seven to 13 or whatever, all correct. Like we were same ballpark. And I think we had the Rangers. If we weren't completely agreeing on where they were ranked, I think we we're really close with that. And yeah, we should have trusted our guts that they would revert a little bit, you know? And I, I think, I think the only one we probably really didn't, score well on or however you want to say was the Yankees. I think both of us had the Yankees probably top five and they're certainly, certainly not top five this year. So um, yeah, so the Rangers are sliding, but the Astros are, are sitting top of the division right now only by a half a game, but still on the top of the division. Yeah. Astros are still sitting there and um you know the Astros, like uh, they've the last couple of games, they've they've really come on offensively, um, like really really come on. Um, so you know, I think their series against Detroit, they scored a lot of runs. The obviously during their series against Texas, they scored a lot of runs. So um, I don't know how sustainable maybe this last you know week week and a half of baseball has been for them. Um, but 
yeah, they've got to got a lot of guys healthy that have, uh, all at the same time in terms of Yordan and Altuve and Bregman and Kyle Tucker. They're all kind of healthy right now. So, you know, at their full strength, they're uh, they're going to be pretty good. But, uh, you know, I think the, the Astros certainly had um, when we certainly saw chinks in their armor, like throughout the early part of the season. If you want to talk about expectations not really being met, right? A lot of people penciled in the Astros to win. 99 100 games this year and i don't think they're going to make that um the astros have certainly taken a little bit of a step back i still think from what people certainly anticipated them being so um we'll uh you know we have another series of them we'll see what we kind of we've owned the astros thus far in the season and it'll hopefully continue with that but they're still going to be a tough team to beat um and if the offense continues like it has for them they'll be even harder to beat but uh I think I'm fully confident that at this point the Mariners can go toe to toe with them. And um, yeah, I think the, the, if their offense continues to click, if Jordan Alvarez really gets going, they're going to be super tough to beat. But um, I think that Mariners series at the end of the year will be uh, very fun to watch. So um, how are you feeling about the Astros at this point in time? I'll be completely honest with you. You know, the Rangers are sliding right now. Angels are sure or the angels, the Astros are sitting top of the division but if you could flip and reverse those 10 games, I'd rather see the Astros seven times at the end than Texas seven times. I think the Astros are that beatable. You know, we swept them in Houston um, earlier in the season, and, and I just, it's not the same Astros team. It really isn't. Good on them getting back to the top of the division, you know. Um, I, I really, really love seeing their fans. Oh, you guys were just keeping the seat warm for us don't expect to stay there. I really, I really don't think any of these three teams should be expecting to stay there any amount of time. That's how close this, this run is, you know, this, this, um, this battle is, you know, you, we could see the Rangers turning around. They still got 20 plus games to turn it around. We could still see the Astros slide. We could see the Mariners slide. We could see, we could see a lot of stuff, you know? So, but I, I know for sure that I'd rather see the Astros, seven times than seeing the Rangers seven times at the end of the season. That's just a lot of ball games to see one, see one team in a 10 day or 10 game stretch seven times. So, um, you, you, you hit it on the head though. I mean, Bregman, Bregman and Altuve and Kyle Tucker and even Michael Brantley, they're all healthy. Jose Abreu did something to warrant a tops now card the other day. So, I mean, I assume he's somewhat heating up or at least having one good game. So, um, yeah, it's just going to be for the Astros. It's just going to be how, how their pitching handles or holds up. Verlander didn't look great in his last start. Framber has been shaky at times. We've, we've beat the brakes off Framber before, you know, and then you're going to tell me you're, you're comfortable with JP France and, um, you know, Maybe you'll see your Keedy at one point, or you're you're comfortable with those guys starting games. I, I don't know. I again, I'd rather see the Astros. Yeah, I think as it stands, the pitching side of things, Mariners definitely take the cake, right? And um, yeah, if there's certainly an area where I think the Astros are vulnerable, it's on the pitching side of things. And um, yeah, I think the Mariners' offense, as good as it's been playing, you know, powered by Julio, um, are certainly good enough to be. I think any of those teams on any given day. So um, yeah, I think the pitching, I think the pitching is, I think the pitching is going to be kind of the, I don't want to say the Achilles heel of the Astros, but I think that might be the, the real, real tough spot that I see them, you know, struggling with uh, maybe at certain points down the stretch. So we'll see. I, I think I was reading, they were breaking down the three teams in the AL West, uh, you know, battling for the division and they were, they were doing it as, Batting, who has the advantage? Pitching, who has the advantage? You know, all these metrics. And I'm really sure ESPN, whoever was writing it, put the Astros having the advantage in the pitching. I'm just like, that's not right. (laughs) That's not right at all. (laughs) They're like, well, they got Verlander. I'm like, Verlander has not looked great. So your argument is already invalid. They put like the Rangers having the better batting. I was like, I agree with that. The Astros having the strength of schedule the easiness 
Okay, I agree with that. But, like, pitching? Come on. The Mariners have the best pitching rotation in the AL West. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I uh, I did not see that, but uh, I uh, agree with your assessment. So, there you go. Well, that is it for the show today. Bo, you got anything else to add before we uh, get out of here? Nothing for me. All right, all right, all right. As Matthew McConaughey once said, for all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys next week.